Welcome to the Elite Executive Podcast, your number one resource for all things executive health so you can thrive at the office, at home, and in the gym. It's my mission to educate you on how to sleep better, stress less, and maximize your productivity by taking control of your health. I'm your host, Oren McCurry. Let's start your journey to optimal performance right now. Enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys. Welcome to the Elite Executive Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Oren McCurry, and I'm joined here today by another friend and client, a lovely little Irish accent sitting across from me. And I don't normally take a lot of pride in popping guys' cherries, but I'm <laughs> popping his cherry today in terms of his <laughs> podcast appearance. Welcome to the Elite Executive Podcast, Peter Breen. Thanks, Oren. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's it's going to be a bit of fun. Like It's, it's just a chilled conversation, and whether it's the Irish connection or whether it's you know, just the personalities, we got on from from the minute we met. So this is just going to be a bit of fun, mate. But if people don't know who you are, let's talk about obviously who you are, where you're originally from, and then the company that you run now. Yes. Yeah, so um, my name is Peter Breen. I uh, run a company called Halo Civil Engineering. We started about three years ago, and we've expanded quite rapidly here in Western Australia. I'm originally from a little town in Ireland called Gorey, County Wexford. And I'm in Australia about 13 years. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So let's let's take it right back, Peter. Let's let's talk about growing up in Ireland and you know what what things were like versus being in Perth. Obviously, you know, you, I imagine was a sleepy little Wexford town. Ireland's not sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's more crack in the village I grew up in than the whole of Perth. Yeah, <laughs> and the village I grew up in has two pubs and a post office. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Ireland's definitely not sleepy. Ireland is one of those very community-based people where everybody knows everybody, everybody looks out for everybody, and um, everybody helps everybody. So it's, Absolutely. yeah, you do miss it. Is it one of those towns where if you blink driving through it, you'd miss it sort of thing? That was definitely what Restrever was like where I'm originally from. Yeah, you blink, you miss it, but you open your eyes again, you're in the next little village. Yeah, like, yeah, sure, everything is two Everything's two minutes away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard to comprehend when you're over here and you just drive for three hours at a time, and then you get... You don't see anything except emus and kangaroos. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the drives here whenever you're going down south, especially, I find it very, very boring and monotonous. Like it's only a three-hour drive, but like you may be needing a coffee break halfway through. Whereas you're driving three hours in Ireland, you're seeing so much and you're going through so many different towns. It kind of keeps you alert a bit, you know. You just wouldn't do it. Uh, like we're 45 minutes outside of Dublin, and to go to Dublin would be an ordeal. I'm like, <laughs> there's so much between our place and Dublin. I'm like, oh god, no, I'm not going to Dublin. That's yeah, yeah. That, like that's that's a special occasion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I've heard that from a few people who are Aussies who went to Ireland, and they're like, oh yeah, it's only like. 20, 30 k's away, like, you know, I'll get there in, in no time. And it's like, no, hang on, it's going to take you a while, all these little yeah. country roads and all the stops in between and the little villages that make up along that journey, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Each have their pros, each have their cons. Um, great weather over here, you can't beat it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, great people in Ireland, great people in Australia as well. It's just always having that communal or legacy connection. Yep. The best thing about Ireland is you break down on the side of the road Someone will stop by and go, uh, who, who, you would know them, but they would know you. And yeah, they'd yeah. be willing to help. They might know your uncle, your aunt, your grandmother. Yeah, sure. You're all the, always guilty by legacy association, yeah. which is quite nice. Yeah, sure, mate, sure. Mm. So let's talk about, obviously, you're in the civil engineering world now. What did, what did that look like, obviously, growing up 
in in Wexford and you know studying through like what was school like for you what sort of subjects did you excel in and I guess at that age were you were you health conscious at all were you sporty and, and that um in terms of school now I, I was clever enough but not interested enough school for me was just a matter of getting in and getting out um yeah. during our leaving cert this is a bit embarrassing but we used to race to see who could be first out of the exams <laughs> because it's always during the period the exams were always during the period of good weather so we always wanted to be out in the yeah. sunshine when the exams were going on and probably to our detriment but we we still succeeded in life nonetheless Absolutely. Um, in terms of health, played a lot of sport growing up, hurling, football, loved yeah. my rugby. But we weren't health conscious. We weren't body conscious. We yeah. were, we just wanted, it was more the community sports spirit. Um, we, did, we did a lot for the local life-saving club, just always involved right. in local clubs. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So very community-based, which is obviously something you mentioned was a, a big draw about Ireland and, you know, something you maybe miss a little bit. I, th I think so. You build a community here as well. Of course, yes. It's a good Irish community, good Italian community, yeah. good expat community generally here, and everyone kind of bands together. Sure. Um, community has its pros and cons. Just sometimes you go into the Tesco or in the shops at home yeah. and you're trying to avoid people because you could be stuck there for about an hour and a half yeah, just, going to buy, <laughs> just going to buy a pack of chips or something, yeah. you know. <laughs> so sometimes you, the community is, is, is not everything, but um, you definitely do miss it. Yeah, yeah. sure. And then, obviously, you've, you're the head of Halo now, but mm. how did you then get into that role in terms of what did you do? Was it when you came to Australia, you started to look into that sort of work in the mines, the FIFO work, or did you go and study somewhere first? No, so I got a summer job at 15. Um, I was originally working in a in a restaurant and I was working anti-social hours. I was working sure. from 2 o'clock to 10 o'clock. <laughs> Everybody else was at the teenage disco, so I yeah. couldn't go out. <laughs> So um, I borrowed my uncle's tractor one day, probably illegally. Drove down to the local, <laughs> drove down to the local builder's yard and looked for a job. Yeah, right. And he said, "Oh, this kid can drive. Couldn't dri I couldn't drive. Like farmer, <laughs> farmer's son. I, I I would break more than I would uh, yeah, yeah. break more equipment than I would uh, drive or, or operate. And um, but he gave me a job, and I started there at fifteen um, on a shovel. Um, and it was great during the summer. I started doing weekend work and winter work, and yeah. I was like, oh, God, this is a bit tedious, like working in a hole in the mud and the rain and the wet and the cold. It was tough, and the, the people that were always in the office or could come out whenever they wanted when the sun was shining and go back into the office when it was raining was the engineers. So yeah. I said, I think I'll do that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've had enough on the shovel, but I spent three or four years on the shovel. It was a great education, yep. you know, learned to operate poorly, um, learned to pour concrete, learned to do formwork, learned to learn piping, a great foundation yep. in, in any trade, any education is to get a hands-on experience and stood to me. So then I, I studied engineering in Waterford Institute of Technology back in Ireland, did a law degree there. And as luck would have it, there was a Edinburgh University, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Napier University was a feeder college, um, or Waterford was a feeder college then. Yeah. And at the time, the Scottish government was offering free education to any European citizen that wasn't English. Yeah, right. So we, there was about, uh, I think there was about 100 in the class and 17 of us went over to Edinburgh. We got our masters over there. Yeah, right. Best time, best time ever. Fantastic. Came out during the GFC. Uh, no work, so I worked in IT for a year. I absolutely hated it. Um, no work in Ireland. So myself and my girlfriend decided to go traveling for a year. So we went through Europe, Asia, ended up in Sydney, spent three and a half grand in three months in Asia and spent 1500 in the first week in Sydney. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to need to get a job. <laughs> 
So we, we, I, got a, I got a job in electrical engineering, ironically. It was an ad up for soldering, um, and none of the tickets were pulled. You know, it was the old, as I said, bullies. It was one of the old A4 papers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I had all the paper tickets and then pull a ticket to do this job for soldering, and I was building all the student card machines. So you okay. put in your card and some money. The money would upload onto the card, and you'd be able to print in University of New South Wales and all these places. Yeah, right. So I got a job making and installing these machines across all the universities in Sydney, which was great. Got to meet loads of people, got my own car, uh, got to travel around Sydney. But a mate of mine said, WA is a great spot. Yeah, Uh, right. Nice. If you're looking for a bit of extra cash to go traveling, because we were going to go on to South America, why don't you come over and do six months here? Yeah, right. And he said, they've got this thing called FIFO. And I was like, (laughs) what's FIFO? He's like, you basically go up and you work for two weeks and you get a week off. I was like, right. And, and you get paid for your week off. I was like, idiots. What? <laughs> pay, pay you, you, you work for two weeks and you get a week off. I said, this is great. And he said, not only that, they pay you an uplift as well. So you get 40% more on your salary. I thought this was heaven. So yeah, we, yeah. we beelined it over for WA from after spending six months in Sydney. And then we, uh, I got a job. Only planned on staying for six months. And I'm here 13 years later. Mm. It, it, I've heard that about Perth in general. We obviously we came straight here in 2018. Uh, my wife's a dentist and she got a two year visa, so she picked the spot, came over, and we haven't even been over east to be fair because COVID happened. That was a year we were meant to travel, and we just haven't been arsed doing it yet. You know, two two young kids were just like, "No, we're not ready for that travel yet." But I've heard the opposite where people who go over east they normally avoid WA, but the ones who come over the WA end up getting like sort of trapped here. Like they love it so much when they eventually get here that they just never leave. I probably agree with that. I hated Perth when I arrived here first. Yeah, right. As a 25-year-old or whatever I was, yep. it was the sleepiest little place. Yeah, yeah. You had your week off and you thought you were going to go out and party yeah. like, <laughs> like you were when you were still in, in, in university and college. Yeah. Th- that wasn't happening. You know, I think, yeah, the hippie club was the only place open past 11 o'clock on a Wednesday yeah, right. night. So I was, I was so annoyed. But every time... I go back to Sydney or Melbourne. I'm so thankful and grateful for Perth. It's yeah, such right. a good lifestyle. Yeah. It's um, such good people. Everything's very easy. The roads are easier. Um, transport's easier. Everything is just 20 minutes away. It's great. Yeah, so I think you made the right choice. I think get into Perth <laughs> first. Don't get caught up in the hustle and bustle of Sydney or Melbourne. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did a stint in Brisbane for a while. Brisbane's okay. really nice as well. I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah that Bris- was going to be our other choice. It was either Brisbane or Perth, and my wife chose Perth. So yeah. I was coming along for the ride, so I didn't really have much say in the matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were used to the passenger. Yeah, that's it, man, 100%. There's know. worse places to be, right? I, know, I mean, I've loved every second. You know, I've been able to create lots of connections, like you said. You know, I'm, I'm thriving. I get to work from home. We've got the, the ability to stay here now after choosing Perth because yeah. my wife has cho- chose the right company and she's still with them, what, seven years later and they sponsored her. Um, we got our PR, we got citizenship then four or five years in. So it's just been like this amazing journey and we now get to stay as a choice of picking Perth and it, why wouldn't we want to stay here with the way it is, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely fabulous. And a lot of people, if you were here and you were stuck here during COVID, yeah. like the world never skipped a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was lucky. I started my business during COVID. And the first week I started it, uh, after the first week, sorry, we had went into lockdown for two weeks. So I was had to, I could work from home for two weeks. So I was able to ramp up my business quite rapidly. Yeah, yeah. So I was quite thankful for COVID because yeah, sure. stimulus with all the... With all the government stimulus, all the packages being fast tracked, yep. um, no one could go anywhere. Yep. So, like, like it's done a lot of businesses a lot of favors. So, and yeah. we, we came out better for it. Yeah. So, let's talk about prior to, to setting up 
Halo and all that. So when it, when you went up to the mines, what what sort of jobs were you doing up there, and how long did you do that for, Peter? So I was in, I think I went up in 2011, 2012. I started with a company called NRW. They're a great company to work for. Um, and I went to a place called Port Headland. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we were we were on FMG's T155 expansion, which is an iron ore project. Spent about six months there, then moved across and went to a job called Cape Lambert for Rio Tinto and NRW as well. It was another big port expansion. I was there for three years. It was a fantastic place. It was probably one of the best jobs I was ever on. We were right on the coast. You know, you could see the turtles off the beach. You could see the sharks off the beach. Um, yeah, it, it was absolutely fantastic experience. Yeah, a lot of people bag out FIFO, but I think there's a place for it for everybody. It kind of gives you freedom and opportunity. It keeps you locked down in one way. Yep. But um, it gave us the opportunity to travel sure. all over the Australasia um, area, like Singapore, Malaysia, Southeast Asia, New Zealand, anywhere, like anywhere you think of getting that week off with no ties, no kids, was it was a great opportunity and all that extra money. For sure. And then from there, I moved, I just moved around the Pilbara with NRW for lots of different jobs. They went through a bit of a downturn, so I moved over to Brisbane with them for a year. Um, in central Queensland, that was a that was an experience, um, but lovely place. Stayed in a place called Emerald in 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 central Queensland. Nice farming community. Met lots of really cool people. Some who I'm still in contact with today. Then, very unlike the transient nature of the Pilbara, they invite you to join the local footy club. They invite you to the races. They, in yeah, right. they yeah. invite you over to your house for barbecues. Like it was, it was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Moved back here then. Um, in 2017 or 18, I, c I can't remember exactly, and did my first metro job, which was Nortling 2, which was extending the the Tonkin Freeway oh, yeah. Um, yeah. from, I suppose, the Tonkin, from the airport all the way up to, give or take, to Jundalup. Yeah, sure. Uh, not Jundalup, sorry, Ellenbrook. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a really good job. And then the market was very, very down at the time. And then I left Langer Rourke and joined because they had no real work or opportunities. And I got offered a really good job with a company called Asiona. And that was back up to the Pilbara. And that's when I knew I had enough um, of the Pilbara. I was always very career driven. Well, I never thought I was. It's only when I first got into the first six months. And companies are very clever at structuring and it, I know why they do it like you get your site engineer and then you get your project engineer and then you get your senior project engineer and then you get your construction manager project manager it's all this tiered system so if you're ambitious or if, if you want to do any if you want to get ahead in life whether it's build muscle do anything you're always trying to get to the next level absolutely so companies structure it that way so I kept climbing the ranks and I got to a level where I thought I don't think I really want to do this anymore I think I think it's about time that because you start rinsing and repeating doing the same thing over and over again, so I kind of put the feelers out in January, twenty twenty one. The few people I knew um, that I was thinking about starting my own thing and look met opportunity and we kicked off in in early twenty twenty one and Halo was born. Oh, yeah, fantastic! Yeah, that. fantastic. And I guess that that. Like like anything in life, you know, there's a lot of risk involved, especially going from a job doing FIFO. You know, you get good downtime, you're getting paid for your R and R's, good salary, like you say, because you're you're working regional, and then you go to do your own thing where it's it's always you're always have to be on, right? You're mm. always doing something. There's always somebody that needs you or something that needs done, and obviously it's it's an investment in your time, your energy, and your your capital as well to get everything going. So. 
how did you, I guess, how did you manage that mentally with going from such a stable job that you were, were climbing the ranks in to saying, you know what, F it, I'm just going to do my own thing? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, I'm very risk adverse. So I wasn't even the first employee in Halo. So what I did, because I knew I was on a good salary, I was very upfront with my bosses at the time and said, listen, I'm setting up this little side gig. Um, it's just a, f a little bit of A, B, and C, because that's all I thought it was yep. initially. Um, but I employed an ex-employee that I used to work with um, because she was helping me out at the start. So it was probably me on my own for the first month, moonlighting, doing it. And I mentioned about COVID, gave me a bit sure. of a head start, and I could do quite a bit of it during the COVID two-week uh, lockdown period. But I approached this lady and said, could you give me a hand and I'll employ you? And she said, no way. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, why? She said, you're, you can't afford me. You know, you, you've, no, you've no income coming in. Like you can't afford me. And I said, how about I stay in my job? And then my salary is going to be obviously greater because I'm on yep. very good salary where I'm at. And then you come in and you help me do all the grunt work. And she said, fine. So she started. She was employee number one. I think she started in, in yeah. March. I didn't start till May or June of that year. But what we did was we got the contract in place with a business first and said we, we were trying to set up an engineering consultancy and a supervisor consultancy. And I was going back and forth with all these businesses and, and every time I had an engineer that was willing to come on board, the companies weren't ready. And every time they reached out to me looking for an engineer, I didn't have an engineer anymore because I didn't want to pay for an engineer to sit there and yeah, have sure. no work for him. Um, I'd do it now, but we've a lot more resources behind us and keep them busy. So one of the superintendents, I was telling them about wheeled excavators that we could access to, rang me up one Saturday and said, can you um, get me a wheeled excavator on Monday? And I said, yeah, no problem. We didn't have a contract. We didn't have a company name. This is just when we were touting for the business originally. And uh, we made that happen. The company asked for all our details and said, listen, we're setting up a, we're setting up a different entity for this contract, if you can bear with us. Um, which is total lies, total bullshit. We're, <laughs> we're setting up a brand new entity and yeah, yeah. just wait for our insurances. No problem, no problem. I knew the game because I'd been in it before. I knew they would wait a month until it was time to seek payment, insurances and everything for the... Um, so I knew I had a month up my sleeve. So with that month up my sleeve, I started off with one guy on, on the Tuesday. And by the end of the month, I think we had 10 or 12 people in on the job. Wow. And to bankroll them, I approached a couple of labor hire companies and said, listen, I've got this contract with this business. Um, if I've got, I've got Joe, John, Jimmy, and whatever, I'm on 30-day payment terms with them. If you go to 35-day payment terms, I will send them all to your books. And one guy accepted, and he kind of bankrolled us for the first couple of months. So out of pocket, I think I set up the whole business maybe for whatever the initial licensing was, maybe three or four grand, and then bankrolled it and then slowly grew straight after that through the labor hire companies. And as we could afford it, we peel off the people back into Halo, start taking them on our books, and we slowly grew the business through a mechanism of subcontractors and suppliers and peeled them off as soon as we could manage cash flow. Brilliant, mate. And that... That takes a lot of skill to be able to do that. You know, I think you're maybe not giving yourself as much credit as, you know, you're coming off this, you've never done it before, and you've, you've just successfully navigated that, and you kind of knew exactly what to do in terms of getting it across the line and how to manage that. Like, that, that takes a lot of skill in, in my book. Yeah, yeah, you probably take it for granted because when you're in this industry long enough, and I think people take for granted the relationships, the education, and the skills that they build when they're when they do a role or a job for ten years or, or even longer, 
um, yeah, you, you pick a lot up along the way and you don't know what you have in your back pocket until you actually go to use it and people realize and people start paying you good money for that skill. Yeah. Um, and you know yourself, like what you do, like yeah. you can do lots of things that I could only dream of and, and it's probably very simple and very yeah easy to you. To me, I have to go seek it, but uh, it's the barrier to entry. I would have to do all the research. I'd have to do all the work. I'd have to do all the trial and error yep. that you've done, but you can pass that knowledge on to me and your clients Absolutely, yeah. very easily and quickly. Yeah, yeah. and we, we don't realize how skilled we are at that and how good we are at that until maybe somebody like points it out, like I have for you and you have for me, obviously, right? We kind of, we don't realize how far we come, but also, mate, like, you know, even just the mindset of, setting up your own business after being an employee for so long and ne negotiating that and stepping into that role of of nailing this and, and you know doing all those steps like i don't know it shows to me that you you were born for this sort of thing right to to grow a business and also for halo to have grown as fast as it as it have i think you guys recently got an award or you were listed for yeah it's growing in wf i yeah i appreciate the kind words it it <laughs> I don't know if we're born for it. Um, I definitely think, didn't think I was going to be a business person. I think it's more an ingrained growth mindset. Sure. Um, I kind of outgrowing what I'd done, and it's. I've heard it, lots of people say it several times. Never try, never know. Yeah, you yeah. can you can either die with regret of never doing it, or you could um, give it a red hot crack and it can fail. But at least I would happy. I would have been twice as happy to fail, and um, and have tried it than never have tried it. Uh, when I came to go to my deathbed, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have so many colleagues in the industry that I catch up with for coffee, and like very senior, clever people that are very senior in companies across Perth, and they're living vicariously through me because they always said, "Oh, I wish I'd done that. Oh, I wish I." But they've gone too far in their careers. Like they're on mega books, and to come back down because you do have to take a serious step back sure. before everyone's calling you looking for your work. You're 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 the the big fish in the small pond. Yeah. Like the contractors, are your best mate. You're getting invited to all the Christmas parties. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're getting all the gifts. You know, like it's. Um, now that doesn't happen. When you ring people now, your fault, your call gets screened because yeah, they yeah. think you're looking for something. Yeah. Even my old colleagues, if I ring them, my call gets screened fifty percent of the time now because they think because now I'm I'm back down. I'm a supplier. I'm a subcontractor to these big boys. Yeah. They think, oh, he's ringing. He must be looking for something. Yeah, right. So that was yeah. probably the biggest challenge. You know that you think there's your friends and colleagues out there that are genuinely friends, and then. And it's not their fault. They just, because of the positions that we are now in, yeah, yeah. they obviously think that we're, uh, you're ringing for a different reason other than having a chin way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so how many, how many of those people who are screening your calls actually give you a call back? Or is it like, is it <laughs> pretty ruthless in terms of you'll never hear from them again? Or? Oh, I think it's like, some might never call back, but if you ring back the next time, they might pick up. Like people yeah. are very, like people in our industry are very busy. Like it's a yeah, very yeah. demanding, very demanding career like 50 hours a week is the norm yeah a lot of these projects are under serious pressure yeah you yeah, know? Sure. yeah sure. we haven't got the skills pool to service them all we haven't got the talent to service them all um like in the wa budget i read a little blurb at the bottom i think they've set aside uh, I, I don't know how much money but it's colossal amount of money for scope growth in existing projects yeah, right. so like it was billions so yeah, and that's to service the existing projects that they've already led for billions. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so everyone's under pressure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then what do you think, you know, with Halo coming in and growing so quick and being on that list of the top-growing companies in WA, what do you Top think? Top-growing companies in Australia. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, don't sell us short. <laughs> I'm definitely selling you short here, <laughs> man, huh? So top, one of the top in Australia, right? So yeah. what's... 
what have you done really well as a company that maybe other not that other companies aren't doing well but like something that really stands stands you out versus the competitors i think it's um the very i suppose sophisticated people stepping down um and this is no offense to a blue collar worker but normally in our line of work uh, there's a very low barrier to entry. Anyone can go out and get a white card and hire a bobcat from Coates and become a civil contractor. What we offer as a business, we've got a lot of tier ones, which is the big boys that are um, like your Lang O'Rourke's, your Asiona's, your, your NRW's. All our management team is from that tier one level. So they're engineers. They're stepping down into the, I suppose, into the bottom level rather than in going into the top and we're building from the ground up with good systems good people we know exactly what they want we know exactly what they want to see um we've a good network of people because i didn't get too far away from the ground so i know lots of operators that our team knows lots of people that um and we've managed just to find and retain really really good people and i think that's key and implement good systems and challenge the status quo and i think that's kind of set us apart. Similarly, everyone's reputation in the industry so far, like our management team, our supervisors, engineers, superintendents, they um, their reputation kind of carries us through as well. So, albeit I set up Halo, it's genuinely built by all the people that are within Halo, the management team, the Fiona's and the Carl's of the world. So, um, they're the ones that kind of build it. So, if you get good people in your team, um, they'll make your business for you. Yeah, brilliant, man. And that, you know, I've worked with a few companies this year and I think like to top, name two off the top of my head, like Schlam, uh, mm-hmm. from the minute I walked in there and seen the culture and seen the respect I had from Matt, my, my client, who was the GM, is the GM, um, and just the atmosphere they had in there, plus then going into color recruitment and seeing mm. how much everyone in there genuinely seems to love being there and the atmosphere and the things they do. Culture is one of these things that, you know, I probably didn't really pay that much attention to, mm. being self-employed, well, not self-employed, but running my own company now. Um, I never really thought about culture within a corporate, a big corporate body as being so important. I thought it was more, you know, it was more money based and, you know, who can pay the best and who can give the most status to people. But it's, it's came very clear to me this year that culture is a big thing. And it sounds like you guys are building that immense little culture. So how, I guess, how do you go about retaining people so well, you know, like what is it, what is it that sets a culture at Halo apart? I think it's probably ownership. You give people ownership. You know, I'd see the people as a big ship, like an oil tanker. I'm just a tugboat that keeps them on course. Yeah, sure. I'm not in there trying to drive the ship for them. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That's your job. Do it. Shout out. You've got any problems? This direction we need to go. Yep. They start to veer off course. I'll just tap them back on course. Yeah, yeah. Go for your life. I don't micromanage them. Yep. I'll let them do their own thing and they just blossom. Yeah. That's yeah. Fantastic, mate. And do you think that, obviously, you being a client of mine and that's very similar to how I approach things where if you need me and you're reaching out heaps, I'll give you loads of help. But Mm. also uh, I give you that autonomy to sort of go off and make the mistakes yourself or, you know, try to pull you in if Mm. you need to. Do you find that that approach is useful versus the sort of micromanaging in terms of health and fitness? Like what do you personally think probably have an experience both Uh, the team setting and then my approach is a little bit, I'm here when you need me sort of thing, you know? I think you definitely need accountability. If you know somebody's looking over your shoulder, yeah. um, you will definitely either one, try to impress them, or two, try to get your job done so you don't look like yeah, yeah. you're doing the wrong thing or you're not sure. pulling the piss, so to speak. Yep. Um, and I think, well, I can only speak for me, but I'm a naturally lazy person. <laughs> 
I'm very good and I'm very good at doing the things I like doing. Yep. But anything outside of that box, if it's not within my what I'm good at or in my wheelhouse, I will procrastinate and I'll push. And health and fitness is one of those things. Yeah, yeah, sure. I like running because it's very easy to do. Yeah, I yeah. can just get up and I can I can steamroll through it and I can get out to the other end. Yeah. You know, when it comes to other health and fitness things, I'm like, oh, not that familiar, so I'll kind of procrastinate and work around it. But because of that, because I'm, I suppose, the person that leads the team, and I know my personality, I've engaged people in my life to keep me accountable yeah. for the things I'm not good at. So I have a board that I've appointed within Halo that keep me accountable, so I report to them and they offer me guidance, and that's simply because I need someone to keep me accountable. Sure. And it's the same reason I reached out to you. Yep. You know, I've been probably the same weight and same body fat for since I came to the Pilbara, since I went to the Pilbara, I was yeah. very lean before that, and then all of a sudden I started getting fed by these mining companies, <laughs> and it was just so hard to go back. So, it, if people know themselves well enough, and they're not achieving the results by themselves, or they know that they procrastinate on certain things, you need to get a coach or a guide or a mentor in your life to keep you on course, to be that little tugboat to keep the the ship on course. Sure, man, sure. And you obviously mentioned, you know, just trying to get a picture of where you're at when you signed up. I think it was one of the easiest sign-ups, by the way, because I reached out to you saying, oh, by the way, I've got this podcast. Let me know if you want to send the link. And the next thing I heard from you was like, I mean, I've already listened to X, like it was probably about two or three weeks later. I've listened to the podcast, like what you're doing. Let's jump on a call and discuss. And I normally try to connect with people and then don't even talk about the program. But you were like just gearing to go. I think we got 25 minutes. And I was like, well, let's catch up next week and see if you know, you want to hear more about the program. You're like, oh, can you just tell me about it now sort of thing? You know, it was very... It's very easy in that sort of sort of sense. So what was it that sort of pushed you to wanting to do it and to be like, right now, because you did research in the background, presumably, yep. and then you're like, right now, he's the man. Like, I'm just going to talk to him and get everything rolling. Um, one, you were where I lived. So I lived on LinkedIn. I wasn't a huge Instagram person or Facebook sure. person. Two, you appealed to... M- me as where I'm at in my life, like sure. the executive coach. So that was two ticks. So you had popped up on my feed a couple of times, maybe six months before and various little things. I clicked on. Three, you're another Irish guy, so I thought a bit more relatable. Yep. You're in good shape. Then um, um, I think you might have reached out a couple of times on LinkedIn. I ignored it. and No, I didn't ignore it. I paid attention. And then I did a bit of research when I had time. Sure. And then when you reached out the, the other time, it was kind of said, I better do this now because I want to do it for my own health um, because I'm doing exercise, I'm eating well, albeit I eat badly and will eat well. Um, yeah, and then it was just same thing, timing, make an opportunity, and it just all clicked together. Yeah, sure, mate, sure. Yeah. How important do you think it is from your own experience of doing that research and taking the time before rushing into something like hiring a coach or doing something like that well, within business as well, I guess, made like doing the research before making these big decisions. It, it's a good question. I always find when you put things out to the world, these things just happen to come to you. Sure. And um, I notice with us, I could say to two or three people, there'll be something in my mind. I'm looking for a fitness coach and the universe will come back in. Bring one to you. And bring one to you because yeah. someone will know someone will know someone will mention it and they'll be having a pint at a pub and say, oh, Peter Breen is looking for a coach and go, Orrin McGorry is out, you know, and then all of a sudden we'll connect. And it's the same with employing, you know, uh, a safety person, the same with involving an operator or whatever we need. If you kind of put out to the world, the world will come back to you. And not that I believe in this whole secret stuff, but yeah, I think yeah. you need to tell people what you want to do. You yeah, need to yeah. tell people where you're going and the world will respond to you. 
yeah, man. Well, it's like that thing, you know, like with if you're gonna buy a house, you suddenly see all the for sale signs yeah. everywhere, or you you want to buy a like when I, I we bought a Mazda CX five in this beautiful red color, and it was the car that we wanted, um, but we didn't know we wanted it till we actually seen it there. We were we were gonna go to the Kia garage after. We weren't sure what car we wanted. But as soon as we seen that Mazda red, the red Mazda, I seen them absolutely everywhere on the road, right? And it's yeah. the same thing. Like, it's just basically your brain becoming aware of something and all these things presenting themselves, you know? So I think, well, yes, throw it out into the universe, but it's got to be matched by, you know, your intent, your focus, and your your clarity. And it's not like woo-woo in terms of you just say you want something that mm. happens. It has to be where other things in your life align to it, but also that then you just become more aware of it because your brain actually switches on that, hey, if Peter's interested in this thing, I'm going to show him things that maybe I wouldn't have shown him before because mm. your brain, that reticular activating system just flicks into, into that mode, you know? Yeah, and it's all about timing as well. Yeah. Like the other person has to be, like it's like two ships in a the night. They are not, well, it's the opposite actually. Two people have to be on a similar course yeah. and meet at the similar time and then it usually connects. Because, and the same with relationship. Like, Absolutely. you know, any relationships, whether it's friendship, mentors, like a partner, everyone has to be ready and open at that time. You could meet the perfect match, but if he or she is not open at that time, it's not going to work because yeah. you're just not in the right mindset or night the right time essentially yeah sure, yeah. sure. So. one thing you mentioned there is you know you were you were eating relatively healthy you were doing the training you probably just weren't getting that return on investment and that's one thing that you know i always try to just chat to people on linkedin first and like i said the first call with anyone is just to find out where you're at is it a good fit for the program if you did want to hear more but also can i just drop some nuggets like hey mate i would just stop doing this one thing and and do that and try to dig you know help people but a lot of the time the response is, oh, I'm already on top of this. And I, I think to myself as a coach, and like one thing is I'm always honest. I'm not always on top of this 100% of the time. There's always stuff that I need help with. So I'm thinking to myself whenever I see those messages, I'm like, how many of these people actually, yes, are doing something, but they're maybe not getting a return. Like to give an example, my wife's a dentist. Last Saturday, I went to see her. Now I brush my teeth twice a day. Mm. I do it to what I think is a pretty good standard. But she's like, obviously, being a dentist clean is mm. different to what I consider clean. And I clean my teeth every day, seeing where people might do their training and nutrition. But she was like, yeah, there was buildup of X, Y, Z. And, mm. you know, it wasn't as clean around. Are you cleaning the backs and all this? And, you know, it's, there's, there's levels to it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And just because we're doing something doesn't mean that we're getting the return on that or that something couldn't be improved, right? Did yeah. you feel like it was the same with you? Were you kind of like spinning your wheels and maybe not getting the return you wanted? No, I need someone to kick me in the arse, really. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, I, like I said, I knew who I was. Yeah. I knew I would like going out for a few pints. Um, I probably struggled with the nutrition bit because, um, you know, cooking stuff's not my jam. Um, it's probably, a, as a single bloke, it's easier to go out and buy sure. pre-made meals or go out to the pub with mates or yep. and then have a couple of pints and that kind of fades. Other than that, probably nutrition's quite good, but it's the compounding effect of that that causes probably no weight loss or no muscle gain. And, yeah, if you've got someone to kick your arse and say, mate, come on, you've hired me for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the point in having me if you're not going to exactly, utilize yeah. me? So that I think, and that's that's the natural lazy mentality that I have for things that I'm not quite good at. So I'll, unless I have someone kicking me in the ass or holding me accountable, um, I'll just keep thinking I'm doing an all right job because I'm not overweight, but I'm probably not in the shape I want to be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. And I think people that are pushing back and only guessing here um, don't want to be told the truth. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and people are not open. And you you need to, I suppose, confront the brutal facts um, to help yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
whether you, you think you're great at something, you think you're good at something, you might be on the average like you brushing your teeth, yeah. you, know, you think you're I'm doing a great job, I've no issues, but then when you actually have a deep dive and you're yeah. confronted with the actual facts, you go, actually, there's some room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, mean, I think that carries across every aspect of life, whether mm. it's business, relationships, family life, um, career, um, if you're not running your own business, I mean, and your fitness, of course, right? Mm. And I think a lot of a lot of people just ignore the fact they're not tracking the stats. They don't know how well they sleep. They don't know what their, their stress levels are like. They're not using any sort of metrics, but they use it in every other area of life. They look at their bank accounts to see how wealthy they are. They look at their, their reports in terms of running the business, mm. in terms of performance, what happened last month, what's happening, what are we forecasting for the next month? But in terms of their fitness, they just set this goal of, yeah, I want to run i want to run a 10k this year or i want to mm. lose a couple of pounds or kilos but there's no actual follow-up between like how are you actually going to get there and and what's the process to get there and you know there's n- there's nothing more than just setting the goal and wishing it's going to happen right and it's, there's no action behind it i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah but fitness is a hard spot yeah because it takes you out of the nice comfort safe spot yeah yeah, the yeah. nice comforts nice food the good the, the alcohol you yeah know, yeah desserts like you have to sacrifice for fitness yeah to measure the metrics in other industries you know you can do it by sitting on your arse yeah yeah sure you literally sit behind a screen and you can see your bank balance go up like yeah, you yeah. can invest in bitcoin and watch your bank balance go up or down or whatever way it looks but yeah. you can do very little to get reward and dopamine now yeah, you yeah. can get for all the friends you want from instagram and tiktok and yeah. wh- whatever you want you can get all these instant hits for these other areas of your life in fitness, that's the one area that you actually have to work really hard for. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people lack, lack good health. And a lot of people are quite happy with good. And that's why I have a lot of respect for people like you that can invest that time and effort. Because it takes a time to get see results. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it takes years to get an absolute great yeah. physique. And the older you get, the older you get as well, the harder it is to maintain. Yeah, yeah. And you have to maintain it. Um, and I'm under no illusion. Someone said to me, fitness is like pumping up a leaky tire. <laughs> you know, you have to you know, <laughs> constantly keep pumping it. If not, it's going to go flat. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. And I think all the, the skills, whether, like you mentioned earlier, that you, you enjoy a run, like mm. whether it's running, whether it's pumping weights in the gym, the the skill set and the attributes, I guess, that you get from that, you know, you delayed gratification, resilience, pushing through the hard times. Like mm. when your muscle starts to burn a set of bicep curls and you're like, I really could give up, but maybe your muscle could really do another eight more reps and you're trying to force through. Like Muhammad Ali used to count, right? Famously says, I, I count whenever it starts to burn, right? Yeah. Like that mindset that you develop, whether it is on a run and you're pushing for a PB or pushing for a distance or you're pushing past that barrier in the gym, more weight, you're, you're pushing past the, that burn point or whatever it is, that develops that character, that resilience, which carries over to most areas of your life. You're stressed with work, you're stressed with the kids. Well, hang on, I was able to push through those hard sets in the gym and I, was, I hit some PBs. Yep. And it's just, it's just such a carryover that I, I'm surprised more people don't maximize their health. And obviously there is barriers to it, mate, you know, but like there's so many carryovers to every hour of your life that can get better from pushing through it, right? 100% agree. And I have a little antidote to add to this. So around December 2020, so exactly what's 20, uh, three years ago now, yeah, yeah. right before I set up the business, I was drinking a couple of pints with one of my best mates, Will Hassey, and he said, I'm doing an Ironman <laughs> in April this year. Are you keen? 
brazen as yeah well if you can do it i can do it <laughs> couldn't swim properly never never rode a bike before i knew i could run but bear in mind this is when i set up the business so it was january 21 i set up the business and has also had a full-time job yep. so old muggins here decided to do an iron man start a business do a job full-time yeah. all in the first quarter of 2021 Mad. and it was the most fulfilling period of my life i never turned on the tv i never I did have a couple of drinks, but they were nice social drinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my, my day was accounted for every hour within reason. I was doing my day job eight hours a day. Then I was doing the business at lunchtime in the mornings and the evening. And then around that, I was going to the pool, cycling or running, training for four months solid. And to say that I was immensely satisfied and proud of myself for those four months, it was I was on uh, whatever runner's high is multiplied by business high, yeah, yeah, cyclers yeah. high, swimmer's high, the whole lot. And complete the Ironman in whatever it was, late April 2021. It was absolutely amazing. So I 100% agree with you. Like if you push through, yeah, yeah, you can achieve so much so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that because you mentioned that, you know, earlier you said I was where you lived on LinkedIn. But I think you forget sometimes that I've got you on Instagram as well. <laughs> <laughs> so twice in the past two weeks. So once you were out with... Uh, with Robbie and the boys, and mm. you're out for midweek pints and, and dinner, and I says, mm. oh, hopefully you've trained this morning to get through there. Yep. And then last weekend was um, similar to the last story where you've had a couple of pints and you said, yep, marathon's entered for next year. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is a great way to tell your coach <laughs> about entering a marathon. <laughs> yeah, New York marathon as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, ironically, I've done lots of trail runs, but I've never officially done a marathon before. And yeah, right. my mate was sitting beside me and we were two pints in. He said, I'm going, I'm, I've signed up for New York Marathon. And I was <laughs> like, did you see a mate? <laughs> no, different mate. Different mate. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, you interested? I said, I said, I thought there was a ballad for that. And he goes, no, there's this website. I forget the name of the website. You can book and you can basically buy your way in because right. the, it's, it's a package. You get the, you get the, not the flights, but you get hotels and whatever, and it's about three three thousand dollars or something. It's it's expensive, um, yeah. but the hotel is included for a week. And he said, "I booked it right here." And I said, "Send me the link." And there and then, I put down a deposit. And because I knew if I didn't do it, and I was far enough away, so next November, yeah. I would procrastinate on it. Yeah, sure. So with a couple of points in me, I had no real excuses. Was far enough away, and I'd make it. I'd work around it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that you was did an Ironman in four months when you're starting the starting the business and everything. You you can. Do a marathon in a year, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, you'd be fine. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> no issues. Like, yeah. I mean, it's funny because you know a lot of the executives now that I work with on LinkedIn, a lot of them, like some of them, probably do follow me. I've got a handful of them on, on Instagram. They just whether it's I put a recipe up that I land the link in their plan. They eventually follow me, mm. but um, a lot of them don't, and I think it's probably because they do put up stuff like like that. I'm out for a few beers, right, for dinner, and they're afraid that I'm gonna you can't go snooping on. There's no stories on LinkedIn, right? Um, and not that I'm spying on you, but I just find it funny. I was literally sitting on the sofa, and I think it was Friday or Saturday night. I was like, mm. oh, I guess, I guess we've got to put a, put a plan together for a marathon then. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. You'd be like, all this muscle again, you're going to run it away. I'm like, oh, yeah. she'd be right. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we'll be good. We'll be good. So, yeah. I mean, but that just, like, that's the coaching dynamic, isn't it? And it's just getting to know you as a person. You clearly love running. Mm. And if getting you in your prime shape and your health is to move towards a more running-based program and we can do something that's really frigging cool, to be fair, like mm. running the New York Mike, how many people can actually say they've done that? Yeah. You know? Then that has to be part of your plan, right? Mm. You know, it has to be something that you enjoy and it has yeah. to be something that you've got a big goal now that means, right, we've got to do this, we've got to aim for this. 
Yeah, and listen, I'm not too worried about it. Like, running, to me, is the least barrier to entry sport out of all of them. You walk outside your door, you put on your trainers, you go for a run around the block. Like, it's it's easy. I, I kind of resonate towards it. I am probably a bit too big and heavy to be running. Like, at 95-odd kilos, it's, um, I see a lot of my mates, they're probably about 70 and 65 kilos, and they're just <laughs> zipping past me. And it's probably not easy on my joints. But... It's 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 just very satisfying, and you probably don't want to hear this, but it's a great excuse to get away with the boys, you know, <laughs> go for a few drinks afterwards. So instead of, we went to Melbourne last year, or was it Melbourne? I can't remember where we went. Went somewhere very recently, um, and yeah, we had the run on the Saturday, had a few beers on the Saturday night. The boys bought their wives, their kids. Like it was a great excuse to yeah, yeah. get away and do something interesting, and then ha- like do whatever you need to do guilt free afterwards. Yeah, and then you're training that whole what time up to it. Yeah, sure. And you know, if you don't train, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. You paid for it, right? So you're like, yeah. well, you're not going to pull out, right, after paying three grand. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like an exorbitant amount of money. It is, but I've never been to New York before. We were supposed to go during COVID, and it just hadn't worked out. This was the same mate. So well, yeah. now we're just doing it around a marathon. So yeah. why not? 100%, why not? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's all about balance as well. Like if you, if I could work all day, every day, and I do enjoy work, don't get me wrong, but if I didn't have these little things on the side, I would just go stir crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So flipping gears back to, you know, scaling Halo to where it's at, what do you think's been the biggest challenge that you faced as a, as a entrepreneur, as a business owner? Oh... That's a good question, um, and I don't think I have an answer for you. Um, I think initially it was trying to attract talented people to a business that was unknown and um, risky. Sure. Yeah, so attracting talent. That has definitely changed now. We do a lot of good things at Halo, so we are getting people calling us every day to join the company, nice. which is very unusual in a market that we're in. Yeah, yeah. Like some high caliber people are ringing up and saying, we like what you do. We see what you do on LinkedIn. You're not all about the work. It's very socially, uh, it's very socially driven. Uh, we don't even try. And I think we're at like 40% female participancy in the construction industry. Yeah, wow. Like we, while I, I'm fully equal opportunity, but we've no set targets. We just employ on merit. And, and if that person happens to be a good female, that's who we employ. Like yeah. we don't turn around or discriminate. Um, we do a lot of, like I said, social things. We do a lot of work for charity. We, um, we're investing in some very new innovation, innovative things like recycled plastic noise walls, um, AI. We, we've got a full-time data scientist building AI within the business. Um, so that's probably the ch- biggest challenge is just probably keeping me chained down and not uh, getting shiny object syndrome. So I think that it's just trying to keep our focus on what we're really good at, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but the team has to deal with that. That's that's and and the board, so they keep me in line. Yeah, yeah, fair, mate, fair. Yeah, and and going into so we're obviously recording this in December 2023. Going into next year, Mm. what we spoke about your personal goals in terms of running the marathon, but what what's on the cards for Halo? You mentioned AI, and I know the details of that. It sounds pretty exciting, Mm. but um, what can we expect to, to see from you on LinkedIn over the next 12 months? Um. LinkedIn, that's a good question. I don't know what we're going to see from me on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, but in terms of the business, we we will probably double again this year. So we right. probably doubled or tripled year on year since we started. So we'll double again this year um, and we might look into double again the year after. Yeah, we're right. looking to get a lot more talented people into the business. Um, we're quite content staying here in WA. Is, WA is a great state. It's a great state for construction companies. Yep. Um, in terms... 
um, of something different, we'd really like to get our plastic noise wall division off the ground, which I think is a huge initiative um, that takes all the waste from your yellow bins. Um, so it's not a lot of people that say recycled. It's literally the factory offcuts and they just get packed through the machine. So um, true recycled plastic is the plastic that goes out of your yellow bins, like the hard recycled plastic, like your cling wrap and milk cartons. It gets converted into a product and we're able to use 75% of that material and put it into noise walls or the sound barriers wherever you're listening in the world it's in wa and across australia we put walls up along the freeways to stop the the traffic entering into the local communities they're currently built out of concrete or limestone blocks which has a huge carbon footprint but we can probably install supply and install these plastic noise walls by taking um, the material out of the landfill and probably putting up cheaper than what concrete can be done so i think that's probably a, a big one you know what, I've seen those noise walls before and I've no, <laughs> never had an idea that that was what they were for. I just yeah. see them and probably just don't really pay attention. But now I'm like, oh yeah, I see those all the time, but never yeah. really thought of them as reducing that noise. It is, it's to, yeah, residents to help sleep them, sleep at night, I guess, and yeah, stop yeah. that horrible traffic noise Yeah, right. coming in. Yeah, yeah. that's what nice, they're for. Yeah. Nice. So that, that plus the AI plus more of what, what you're doing, obviously very well building a good culture, hiring the right people and and doubling or tripling in the, in the next year? Yeah, yeah, we really, we'll probably get a marketing person on, we'll get more engineers, nice. get more, we'll, we'll get a little bit more sophisticated, but we don't want to grow too big. We want to stay at a size that everybody knows everybody in the office. Yeah, sure. There's a couple of really good companies that do it do it well, some of our competitors. I'm not, I'm not going to give them a plug, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah we we, i think there's a sweet spot for a construction company that you don't um get too big and everyone becomes a number and um that's where we want to get to and and if we outgrow that we'll probably just set up another business and start something else and do something different and yeah get to a i call it the ray-ban effect you know everyone when everyone thinks it's sunny's normally think of ray-ban do that one thing really well And if we do construction in WA really well, um, so be it. And then if we decide to do noise walls in WA really well, that might be a different entity if it gets big enough. And we'll keep uh, developing Ray-Ban businesses. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool, mate. That's cool. Mm. Let's move into rapid fire. We're nearly approaching time on this. So I haven't thought of these in advance because I literally don't have any questions. We just had the crack on here, mate. So um, the first one that comes to mind, and this this isn't because of the Irish connection or the fact that you've mentioned a, a beer before, but... What's your beer of choice? It's not just because we're Irish, I promise. <laughs> um, my beer of choice is a West Australian beer, which is Swan. Oh, yeah. yeah, mm, yeah. Po- I like a pint of Swan. Yeah. The, the locals love a little Swan yeah, craft, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The people look at you and go, Swan, that's like the, the rough. No, I love it. Yeah, just yeah. don't like any of the fancy stuff. Okay, for, for Guinness here. Home, yeah. Ireland. Yeah. 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 Is, is it even, even worth having that conversation slightly? No, I, I don't. Uh, you shouldn't even have to ask that no, question. Man, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. personally don't drink it over <laughs> here at all. But yeah, me, yeah, I, yeah. I hear some people say, like, because I live in Doubleview now. I've lived in Scarborough for the past six years since we moved. And people saying, oh, down to the Galway hooker for a Guinness and that. And I always think to myself, oh, you know, I do really like a Guinness. But I'm like, I just don't want to be disappointed, you know. <laughs> oh, listen, it, it, it's, it's a good second place. Like, there's a few good pubs that serve a good business. Galway hooker's one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm saying to you, I would be, it'd be the depths of the winter months if I'd have a Guinness over here now. Yeah, yeah, mm. okay. Okay. 
Um, let's. Talk, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Ephraim on the podcast as well. You can only pick one of these movie franchises, Lord of the Rings or The Matrix. Matrix. Why? Um, when I was in college in Waterford, Matrix, the first Matrix, yep. was the first movie I ever saw that I turned back on from the start after watching it. Yeah, yeah. For I literally watched it and went, I'm watching that again. It was pretty cool, right? I couldn't believe it. It was just for its time. It was just... Yeah, yeah. Most people wouldn't appreciate it now, but like I was a 16, 17 year old kid and I thought, what is this? Absolutely yeah, amazing. The first one was unreal. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's say a favorite food um, Mexican. Okay. What's yeah. your Mexican order then? Oh, I love a, I love a chili con carne. Oh, yeah. I love just simple, spicy. Something you make for yourself? Or yeah, you and it's easy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'll pot and you gotta yeah, get it done. Done. Right? Yeah, join whatever you want. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Batch it, stick in the freezer. Yeah, it's yeah. just... Yeah, you can't argue with that, yeah, right? It's a good yeah, answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what about your coffee order? Final question. Oh, long black dash of oat milk. Okay. All year round, or do you go for the ice drinks in the summer and that when it gets ridiculously hot? It's 36 degrees here today, right? Yeah, but we're in a very well-air-conditioned con- office. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So normally it's, um, normally it's uh, hot, but... It changes if we're out and about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. just throwing that plug in there with the Aircon so you can get more good people to come and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've got a really good Aircon office. Come and work for Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. So remind us of how we can get in touch with you or the, the business name again so we can search for you on LinkedIn. I'll try to put the links in the description below. Yeah. You can click, but if people just want to do a search, how do they find you? Yeah, so you can just type my name in, Peter Breen, into LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to get me. And I'm very responsive. I normally respond everybody there that reaches out and halo civil engineering um you can't miss us if you type that into linkedin as well brilliant brilliant so peter thank you for your time i've actually i've loved this today i'm loving the in-person approach as well of the past two podcasts it's a lot easier isn't it especially yeah zoom's great and you know i I like doing podcasts on other people's via zoom especially you know if they're in the states or in the uk or anything but whenever you got somebody locally i think Mm. it just helps to be able to look them in the eye Mm. and it's nearly strange at the start of this podcast i was kept like just looking around while i was doing my intro because normally it's just me sitting there and somebody on the screen that you know isn't really there and i was like i don't want to look at them while i'm doing my my intro here you know you had it down to a pad i thought you pre-recorded it but no it was (laughs) it was good yeah i do it uh, yeah do it live every time yeah so um but me i really appreciate your time everyone please go and give peter a follow or if you want to connect with him or if you want to find out about jobs at Hilo, give him a connect follow the business page i think you can send messages there on linkedin now um guys and i also appreciate you guys listening if you enjoyed this please hit the five star reviews Follow me, subscribe. That all helps with getting us ranked higher and show, showing this to more people. Share this with your friends. Share it with your mother. Appreciate appreciate everything. Take care. And uh, happy Christmas if you're listening to this side of Christmas. If this comes out before the new year, happy new year. And if, it, <laughs> if this comes out, I don't know when I'm <laughs> publishing this one. So if this comes out in the new year, hopefully you've set some goals and we're going we're gonna to kick, kick ass this year. So, Peter, thank you for your time again, mate. Guys, get following him, and I'll speak to you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks, Warren. Thank you for tuning into the Elite Executive Podcast with me, Oren McCurry. If you want to continue the conversation about anything in this episode, or if you have any questions around your own health as a busy executive, then the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash executive health coach to find my profile. Once there, please send me a connection request and I'm more than happy to discuss your personal scenario. But for now, have a great day and I'll see you on the next one.